0: three two one we're live um your callo uh, for those yeah. of you guys that don't know him check the uh, the bio in the link uh, below <coughs> but um let's dive right into it like my first question really is because I know you were a first responder on 911 yeah I would like you to uh, if you can in as much detail as possible uh run us through where you were uh, exactly when you found out that the plane started crashing into the the buildings and yeah. and what you were doing and what I, mean, what, I said at that time you were uh, a firefighter right firefighter yeah right and F- so firefighter paramedic yeah. yeah okay a paramedic yeah and so firefighter yeah. paramedic yeah. firefighter paramedic yeah sorry is there a difference
1: yeah you're either a firefighter or a paramedic and then they have firefighter paramedic okay you know you're just dual trained right
0: you know, so. wow so what happened on that day
1: I was. So, in the fire department, you have a mandatory PT where you go out of service for, like, an hour, and you can go to a gym. You can go to, like, a community center, run around the track. Right. And uh, it's... You guys
0: stay fit. Like, I mean, you're a little bit older than me. I mean, you're jacked even today. I mean, you've been working out your whole life, man. Yeah. yeah. It's nuts, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so you can... You you have to come to an agreement. Like, if you're on a... A unit like a medic unit, or a rescue squad, or a ladder truck, or an engine company. Yeah, you have to agree on where you're going to train. Okay. So you can. Some guys don't like doing any weights, so they Mm -hmm. just want to run by the river, by the Potomac River. Right. Some guys only like weights, so they go to the community center lift weights. So that day, we went to community center that had a track and some weights and. We're jogging around a track, and then you could you could hear like the low flying plane, you know, going over. Like what the what the hell was that? Right. And then where Ar-
0: exactly were you there? Huh? Yeah, where exactly were you? Like, so you're in, in in where? So where's the
1: Pentagon again? Arlington, Virginia. Arlington, Virginia. It's so a you, suburb you're in, of DC. Okay. Just right across the bridge from DC.
0: Okay, and you're close to that.
1: Yeah, I worked for the Arlington County Fire Department oh, at wow. the time. Okay. Yeah, and so. We're right there, man. It was, uh, we heard it in the distance, and then all of a sudden over the radio, a call goes out that the plane hit the bridge. So a long time ago, there was Air Florida crashed into one of the bridges. Okay. Like completely random. Yeah. So we thought it was the same thing. Right. So I'm like all pumped up. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, that's what we love. Firefighters love that shit. I'm telling you. We love fires. We love disasters. We live for that stuff. That's yeah. what we're trained for. So if you see me getting excited about disaster, I mean, that's just that's just our job. But anyway.
0: No, but you jump right into it, right? And then yeah, we like, jumped but into it. you're saving the, people's I, lives, the, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So I got in the unit, and I'm just hauling ass, man. I hit, hit the highway, you know, hauling ass. And then uh, I look to the left because we're going to where the bridge, the bridge they said the plane hit. Right. But we see the... Pentagon's all lit up. Wow! You know, smoke coming from the Pentagon. We're yeah. Like, what the fuck? And then everyone says, oh, "No, it's the plane." Hit the Pentagon. You know, so we divert. I pull up right on the grass in front of the Pentagon. There's people running out. There's a lot of chaos.
0: This is like minutes after, right? Like within like yeah, 10, 15 yeah, minutes or something, yeah. right? Was
1: minutes. Yeah. yeah, like two, three minutes. Wow. And I was there. Yeah, and and it's just burning and they, they right they there. Just started grabbing people. Wow. You know giving them IVs, morphine, you know, treating the burns. And then after no one else was coming out, then, like at the time I was on a medic unit. It was just me and my partner. Right. But we're firefighters, but we're also medics. Right. And I wasn't attached to an engine company or a ladder company or rescue squad. So uh, the good thing about being a firefighter medic, you can just roll with anyone. Right. So after... I treated all the patients that i could find and everybody else was already evacuated then i started doing entries with whoever was going in
0: right was that without masks or anything
1: no no we we carry full protective gear on the medic unit yeah so i had you know my breathing apparatus the only thing i didn't have was like an firefighting tools like an axe a halligan or, right you Know stuff, forcible entry tools. Oh
0: man, it's just I, what goes to your mind when you're walking into a fire like that.
1: I mean, I was, I was, uh, how I was old? pumped up. And how old were you then, actually? Uh, 2001, 31.
0: 31, okay, yeah.
1: So, uh, like thinking back on it, um, I didn't know it was a terrorist attack, right? It was. I just thought it was a regular fire. I thought it was an accident. A plane just crashed into the Pentagon. It wasn't until it went over the radio later be advised that this is a possible terrorist attack. And it still didn't really click. I right. just was like this I'm just fighting fire, you know. You know, what else can I do? Yeah. And uh so I started going and and just looking for people and just, just couldn't find any living people. It was just just just. just it was, it's like a sci-fi slash horror movie. Mm-hmm. You know, when you walk in, it's just jet fuel, water, smoldering things. Uh, you know, wires hanging down, uh, rubble. You know, stuff building still kind of crumbling. You know, I, there was a time when I kind of heard a noise over here and I, I move over there and then all this concrete just fell where I was well and you know I didn't was like okay yeah you know, just moved on and just kept looking for someone I just was hoping to find someone and then they called for a uh, for everyone to get out there like another what? planes coming another planes coming. everyone out so
0: it's on the internal comms kind of thing you can. Yeah, hear. yeah. So, so they, you guys are all they, like communicating with, like that.
1: Yeah, so they they do uh, a thing where they everyone puts three loud blasts mm. on their horns mm. so everyone can hear it. If they don't, their battery's dead or whatever. Mm. So that means to get out.
0: Do so you walk around with a horn?
1: No, no. Like uh, like so, the fire trucks or the oh, trucks. okay, all oh, the they'll trucks. They'll have just, them. The driver will just hit oh, hit okay, the air horn yeah, yeah. really loud just in case someone doesn't have radio and,
0: But anyone can hear that, right?
1: Yeah. They should, yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, I was kind of pissed because I was like, I'm getting yanked out of here. And I could be meters away or like inches away from someone. How's, like, is it, how's
0: visibi- visibility in there with yeah, the smoke yeah, zero, and everything? Zero. right? Zero, so you're just fumbling man. through. It's just, yeah. yeah it's, wow. It's just
1: whatever light you had, you, could, you just see... Barely your hand in front of your face.
0: But this time you're fully like masked in, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow. So uh, we get out, and then it turns out it was just a normal plane flying over. It wasn't another plane. And then that's when it just, just really angers you, you know, because you, you got pulled out and you felt like there could have been someone.
0: Did you go back in?
1: Yeah, I just All kept right. going back in. Right. I wasn't supposed to go back in, but I kept going back in. So I just felt like I had the strength of. Hundred like a hundred men, right. an endurance of a hundred men. So I did that from, so from about nine forty a.m. to like one or two a.m. No break, no food, no water. I just kept going in. So I'd I'd see a company, engine company, or a ladder or rescue company going in. I'd go in with them. Search, search, search. They'd get tired and come out, and then I wasn't attached to anybody. Mm-hmm. So so basically. The way the fire department works, you you do your entry, or your, and you do your search, yeah. and then everybody comes out as a team because yeah. you have to make sure you have all your men yeah. together and you don't, you're not missing anyone. And then your, the, the procedure is you go to rehab. So when you go to rehab, they hydrate you, they check your vital signs like your blood pressure, pulse, make sure you're all right. You know, they don't yeah. want you having a heart attack, or yeah, of course, or whatnot, of course. So since I wasn't attached to them, I would see who else is going in. So as soon as they would come out, instead of going to rehab like I'm supposed to, yeah. I would just go right back in. They would get tired. I'd wait at the door. Who else is going in? I'd go in with them. Yeah. On
0: yeah. that day, 189 uh, people passed away right there yeah. uh, around you. Um, I think uh, 25 of them were people on the airplane. Yeah. Right. I think we just checked. I looked up the stats yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but um, did you actually find someone in there that you could like you know pull out and, and save them something?
1: No, um, that was like like a regret. It, it's stuff that haunts you. Like when you because it, it wasn't that just that one time that we got pulled out. We kept getting pulled out. And yeah, it was like man, if I if I was in there the whole time, I felt like maybe I could have found someone. But it's it's kind of a false hope because in reality, if you weren't out in the first five. Of ten minutes, man. Yeah, it's but that was my next survive, question. Like, you know, how it's, long?
0: It's the with, with that kind of smoke because you're wearing full mask and everything. Fire right?
1: The the concussive effects of that, man. Yeah. It's like, you, like when I was going through there, you, you'd see people in various stages of, like, death. You know, right. You'd have the skull with a little bit of spine, and then the little, you know, like a black circle and gray, ashes, and then you'd have a person that was fully clothed holding their key card. You know, I remember that. And there's people s- sitting at this at their desk just like we're sitting right here, just fully clothed, you know, just like just kind of slumped over. And some fully burnt to a crisp sitting in their chairs. And I remember there was like a pile of people by the door and there was one guy he was in a military, like a naval middle, military uh, uniform, all white, I guess. And he had his key card, like, they, I guess they, have, they wear their key, keys on their on their neck, whatever. So, he had it in his hand, and his hand was, like, outstretched to the door. It was just like this, you know? And I guess, like, I guess when that plane hit, like, all the power went out, everything went out. And just, everyone just kind of bunched up by this door, I guess. And mm-hmm. he was holding his hand up. He's still fucking holding his hand up, man. Yeah. I'll never forget that. Wow.
0: I can't even imagine how must that how that must have
1: felt like. Yeah, and then like you know how uh, some rooms or offices have those drop ceilings.
0: Yeah, so the one that they conceal the air conditioners. on yeah, behind, so yeah. They make yeah, the yeah. ceiling like
1: flat kind of thing. Yeah. So I remember th- it was nighttime, and there was the smoke. A little bit of smoke had cleared, and the whole ground was covered with the drop ceiling. Like it was because of the flames and the, the moisture. I guess it was like. It was like wet cardboard kind of mush, you know, and it made like a blanket on the ground. And I remember just going through that area multiple times. And then I remember coming back when the sun started to come up and I realized that I was just walking on people because it like, it was like underneath that drop ceiling just hid everything, all the people that were under it.
0: But you it. couldn't see that Didn't when see it was dark yeah, and yeah, all the yeah. smoke and everything. I was like
1: just frantically, just kind of, I'm just laser focused, searching for anything. But because it, it it wasn't just flat, it was just, just kind of like right. there's rubble, there's desks and files, you know, everything yeah, just tipped yeah, yeah. over, and drop ceiling. The drop ceiling was really thick, so it made that that is like a carpet. Mm. So yeah, and just piles of feet. I remember like seeing. Like a big pile of feet by a, a, a column. And I was thinking, huh, what the? Why is there a pile of feet there? And I still to this day still kind of, I don't know if, is it because like when you're sitting in the plane and then the, everything gets kind of hacked off like that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was weird. It was, it
0: was just the feet.
1: Just the feet. It was like so many feet just piled up next to this column.
0: Don't think People. I can wrap my mind around that one. Yeah. How do you move on from that? I mean, what happens? So, oh, so you man. go home like, that day or well, you're hanging I, with the the crew a little bit longer. I'll or? tell you what happened. So
1: I'm rolling in with all these guys and nonstop, no break, whatever. Yeah. And my partner, I'd saw I'd seen my partner earlier. He's like, Man, you gotta take a break. He's like, I, I see you going in there. I know what you're doing. Stop it. Go to rehab. And then I remember going in, doing another entry, and this was like I said, like a maybe one or two in the morning. Somebody tugs my neck, trying to go. Man, who the hell is tugging my, my fucking neck? Man? I turn around and I'm fucking pissed off. And it's my captain. He's like, hey, you know, John told me you are still doing entries. Yeah. He's like you need to go to rehab, man. Yeah. And when you're exposed to all that, man, you're really angry and amped up. You just want to take out your anger on something, someone. Yeah. I looked at him, and I was ready to throw down with him, yeah. you know, but I was like, maybe he saw that, and he was like, Carlo, it's not going anywhere, man, yeah. this is still going to be burning for another couple of days, it's not going anywhere, just take a fucking break, chill, it, uh, and, and, it, and then it wasn't until, it was, it was kind of a slap in the face, I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, it makes sense, um, all right, all right, all right, all right, so, uh back up you know put my tools down then uh i was like i need a i need a place place that i can chill you know so um oh sorry man take your time all right so there's ambulance that was on the scene and it was like ransacked. So people just ransacked and all the, all the apparatus on the scene was just ransacked, you know? So saw this ambulance and I was like, I'm going to go in there and be alone for a second. Cause this shit's going to fuck me up, you know? yeah. So I went in there, closed all the doors, locked them so no one would come in. And, uh, sat on the bench, It's like, there's a bench and there's the bed where you put the patient, it's called a gurney, whatever. Ripped the sheet off of that thing, just grabbed it, put it on my face and smothered myself. And I just grabbed it and I screamed as loud as I could. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna give you these fucking tears. And I'm, you know, I don't know who I was talking to. Right. And you
0: don't even know what the anger is aimed at, or or are you very clear on that? Is that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was like, because I knew I was like, if I don't get this out of my system, man, it's gonna fuck me up. So I was like, I'm gonna, I just put my face in the sheet. I yelled, I cried, and I was like, I'm done, done with it. I'm not gonna shed any more tears or, or be sad about anymore. But uh. (laughs) <laughs> and it's it's
0: it's. I'm sorry yeah. for taking you back I, there. And I can and hear it. You're talking, and you're right there again. Yeah,
1: right? yeah, it, yeah. But I got out of the fucking ambulance and I went back in. But it wasn't the same because uh, like it wasn't like I wasn't as laser focused as I was when I was like in and out, in and out, in and out. Like after after uh, I had that little quiet time. You know, when I was looking around, doing the search, whatever, I just like, yeah, man, I, I just need to take a break. I need to get out of here. So I, I, uh, there's like a big ass pile of rocks, I just stretched like this, just, just sat there and just watched it fucking burn, man. Just sat there and looked at it and I just fell asleep. Yeah. You know, and then uh, woke up, you know, in the morning, you know, sun was coming up, whatever. And uh, just be like, hey, you know, I'm here. I'm. What do you want? Where do you need me? You right. know, so,
0: wow. Oh man, that was unbelievable. I, I felt I was right there with you, man. Yeah.
1: yeah
0: very, yeah, was, very troubling times. Yeah,
1: yeah. And it, it uh, I was there for three weeks, three straight weeks, uh, and it, it really uh, knocked me off my axis, man. Because I was like. What's, super outgoing man, yeah. really social, and then after that, I was done. Well, what was the it biggest was, factor that like hits you? Yeah. Because I mean, uh, pretty pretty early
0: on, you realize yeah. that it's not. It wasn't an accident. It was. It was a. It was yeah. an attack, and it's like literally the first attack on American soil. Yeah. So it completely must have um, like changed like everything you believe about. Um, I don't know the world.
1: Maybe. I mean. Yeah, it, I mean it's. Uh, I think it 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 did that to a lot of Americans. We never thought some something like that would happen right. on, you know, on our soil. You know, like we thought we we're invincible. Yeah. And I I'd drive by the I used to drive by the Pentagon all the time, and I always thought to myself, I mean, what's keeping anyone from just pulling over, launching a rocket RPG at it? Nothing really. The good and the bad is the area that the plane hit was under construction. So it wasn't like max capacity as normally was. So uh, there would have been a greater loss of life if that was the case. But uh, the good thing is, like, we had done lots of drills at the Pentagon, lots Mm -hmm. of training at the Pentagon. Um, So, which is a massive building, right? Yeah. It's it's, huge. It's it's a maze. It's a maze. It's a freaking maze, man. You really, and if I didn't do all those drills there, like we did like hazmat drills, like mock terrorist attacks with like gas, not, you know, like a sarin gas right, attack, right. not a plane or anything like that. But we did lots of drills like that. So I was well familiarized with the, the layout. But even with that knowledge, I, it's still kind of, yeah, it was difficult, you know.
0: I was in Japan uh, when it happened. Yeah. I was here and I, yeah. I, I had... Um, 2001. So, I think my, my, my second daughter had been born there. Mm-hmm. So, we, I remember I was about to go to the gym or just gotten back from the gym. Right. And I just turned the TV on and it was like on all the channels, everything was live. And it's just like, I sat down, and I was like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. And then I remember very vividly, like seeing the planes go right into the uh, the Twin Towers. And I was just like, what is that?
1: Yeah. I didn't see that until later because I was on the fire ground the whole time. Right. And then after a while they they kind of they bust us back to the firehouse and we had like a a quick AAR after action report with just our team. And then um, I saw the footage on the news and man I was like this shit is serious, man. But when I saw the towers, I just the initial
0: reaction when you realize that it's actually terrorism. I mean, how does that make someone like you feel when you um, realize that? How does that impact the, the what the, the work that you did on the Pentagon that during that that time? Did it change your view on it? It made you more angry or
1: it made me angry because I knew I had friends on the New York fire department. Right. And I was like, There's no way they survived this. Oh my god. And I lost a friend. His name's Vinny Princiata.
0: May he rest in peace. Yeah. Thank you very much for yeah, sharing but
1: that. It it uh, the twenty year anniversary is coming up. And uh, usually, I remember when I was on the fire department, I used to give guys a hard time about PTSD. Like I remember there was this call, um, there was a fire, kicked open the door and it was, the door is kind of hard to get open, you know? And I realized that there was a body behind it. And then, you know, I was able to, squeeze in get in through the crack. And then it was a dad holding an infant, the mom, and then two kids, like an all on the line like that. And the guy behind me grabbed the infant from the father. And then he started doing CPR on it. And I'm like, stop doing that, the baby's dead, you know? And he's like, "No, no, the baby moved. It, it moved. I saw it move. I swear, I saw it move." So he started freaking out, and you know, I tried to calm him down. I'm like, "It's a wrap, man. Yeah. Give me the kid. He was done, man. Yeah. He, he they had to. He it was. It was horrible. After after that call, everyone that was on that call, they they took us in, into this meeting room. You know." Uh, to make sure everyone's okay. Yeah. And they had a social worker come in and all that. And everyone's going around the room and, you know, saying their little piece and stuff like that. And then the chief looked at me and he's like, Carlo, you seem to always keep your cool. You know, what, mm-hmm. you, what advice would you give these guys that are really stressed out, and especially the one who's uh, had this problem with the baby? Yeah. And I said something really insensitive. I said, he should quit. I mean this is the job this is what the job is you know if you break down I mean you have to realize this is what we do it's not a paycheck type of job you know you see a lot of crazy stuff and look you give your all and do your best you give a hundred percent you can't save them all it's impossible yeah you know you just have to accept that
0: did he bounce back
1: no they transferred him to some slow station because like usually there's always a station that's slower. You know, yeah. It's usually in a nice neighborhood. It's not a lot of fires. Yeah, it's yeah. Kind of like a retirement. We call it the retirement home. Wow. Like the stations that are in a nice neighborhood. You can run, you run maybe one or two calls a day. I like working the busy ones, like in the you know the ghetto or the more urban areas where you just psh, 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 back to back to back to back to back nonstop. You know I like that stuff.
0: All right, um, let's rewind a little bit. Yeah. So, so you're Italian. Uh, yeah, your mom, dad's Italian. No, uh, yeah, my secondary. dad's Italian. My dead? mom's
1: African American.
0: And you were born in America. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, where where were you raised?
1: I was born in Youngstown, Ohio. Yeah. So it was a, it's a steel mill, steel town. Yeah. It used to be. My mom left my dad when I was two, and she married this like this guy. This is like canine. He used to be a canine guy in Vietnam. Well, sorry.
0: What is a canine guy?
1: Canine is a dog. Dog right. handler. Yeah. Canine guy. Okay. Dog
0: handler. So, and They use the dogs to track down.
1: Yeah. So you, you either use the dogs to secure the perimeter. Okay. And, you know,
0: or hunt, hunt people. Right. And and then, so you were raised with your mom then? Yeah. So you my with my mom and
1: him. So I, okay. I didn't even know I was Italian. At oh. any time. I thought it was just African-American. Okay. You know, she married an a African-American guy that was okay. really light-skinned. You know, so I thought he was my real dad. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> When I met my real dad, I was like five. (laughs) My real dad comes to the house and knocks on the door and I see this guy. He's an Italian guy.
0: And you're like, what's going on here? He's like,
1: I was like, who's this? he, He knocks on the door. He's like, is your mom home? I was like, who are you? He's like, I'm your dad. I'm like, what? No, my dad's back there, man. <laughs> wow. That and so must to an eye, blo- uh, eye yeah, opener. Yeah, it was an eye opener, man. So my stepdad, he's, he's like really pissed off. Of course. He runs past me, opens up the door, and it just beats the hell out of my dad. Oh my God, okay. It, that was the first time I met him. Just beat the crap out of him, <laughs> 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 And uh, my dad just kind of gets folded up, and he runs off, gets in his car, and takes off, and then the thing is, like, before my dad came in the picture, I got along great yeah. with this guy. Yeah, yeah, But as soon as now I realize I have a different dad, like, he flipped.
0: Yeah, like, all the all dynamics sudden, changes, right?
1: Yeah, he's just being really racist towards me. You know, he'd call me oh, wow. a wop and zebra and uh, a, zebra? a guinea. Is that even a thing?
0: Like, I've never heard that before.
1: Well, if you're
0: white and black... Oh, you know? okay, got it, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm from Denmark. It it's yeah. never clicked on me on that one. So
1: you'd <laughs> make a lot of racist comments towards me like that, and inappropriate like beatings, man. I was getting beat up a lot, you know. Throw me Shit. down the stairs, crazy stuff. That's horrible, man. Yeah, I remember when I, this, this is a crazy story. I was, uh, I was sleeping, and I hear my mom screaming, screaming in the distance, you mm. know, I guess from the living room. So I, I'm in my pajamas. I'm like five years old, whatever. Throw my covers off. Run down the hall. I see him in the living room. He's got my mom by an ankle. She looks at me. She's like, help, Carlo, help. And then I run over there. He's like, get off my mom, you know? Yeah. And he just kind of laughs. And he's, he's lying on his back. And he's like tugging on her leg. And she's like hopping on one leg when I... So I just soccer kick him right in his face. Pow! Glasses <laughs> break. Fly off. And uh, my mom's like, oh, we're just playing. Oops. Yeah, oops. This guy stands up, grabs me, you know, like uh, one, like here and then like the seat of my pants and just got, throws me down the hallway. So I, I do like this forward baseball slide right. on the hardwood floor. Shh, <laughs> so I get to my room to skid to the hall. And I look up, he's like running down the hallway picks me up again, takes me to my bed and just slams me and I kind of bounces up in there. Boom. And then uh, slams the door and goes back. And I don't know. Okay, and my
0: stories it? are not even <laughs> close to that, but my dad also uh, left us when he was very young and then uh, he ran off with some Swedish chick. Apparently she was redhead. Um, uh-huh. And then, so I grew up with a with a stepdad that right. I never really respected. Yeah, like, It was really bad. I was like, yeah, but you're not my real dad. And I knew this from day one. He wasn't mm-hmm. my real dad. Uh, long story short he passes away my real dad right. um, when I'm very young like three maybe four though at the oldest right, right. and then so around seven or eight I think I was you know we're sitting down at the dinner table because at this time we're living with my Irish stepdad and so the four of us right and then yeah. you know story comes out mom goes oh yeah by the way uh, your real dad's dead mm. and I was like <laughs> what the f- I, I couldn't wrap my head around it Yeah. You know, so I never forgave for that I never forgave yeah, my stepdad for like stepping in and and it was just a really yeah. weird, like, thing. My brother yeah. and, and him, they got along like a house on fire, right? And me and I was just, like, always, like, mm. um, we get along today. You know, we That's bonded good. after, like, many, many years after, but, yeah. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so, apparently, a uh, funny story, talking about violence in the family, right? Yeah. Um, the story that when she said, yeah, he passed away, right? And I was like, but, you know, you got to realize that he was a troubled man. And I was like, what does that even mean? She said, well, last time he came to see us, we had this big pot of spaghetti sauce and a big pot of pasta, you know, ready, right? Mm-hmm. And he got really angry and he took the whole pot of of, of sauce and he like tossed it on the table and it was all over the place and he ran out of there apparently. <laughs> and I was like, I don't remember this. Yeah. It's like, I'm looking at my brother, he goes, do you remember this story? And it's like, ah, something about the pasta. But wow. I don't think the pot was as big as, she, as she's oh, trying yeah, to tell yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, but interesting. Okay, so That's actually something. what I felt when you were talking about those kind of stories, so what I'm really more interested in is how did you become a firefighter? What was the choice in there? And could could okay. that have been some trauma from your childhood that you wanted to help people in some other
1: level? It could have been. Um, it's uh, it was just a childhood dream. I always wanted to be a firefighter. I went. I'd, I uh, cycled to all the firehouses in the city. Yeah. And then I'd have my dad take me to the airport fire department or the military base fire department. All right. And anytime the fire department was putting on a demo or something like that, I was crazy about it. I was like, I want to go. I want to go.
0: Wow. You know, so talk about demos. So I land, so I'm just a long story. I was going to cut it really short, right? Cause I'm like, intrigued by firefighters, like that dedication to it. And like, yeah. just like understanding that you're walking into this potential situation where you can kill yourself yeah. on your job, right? You could uh-huh. like, people die all the time yeah. and it's just like, why would you, why would you choose that willingly? Right? So mm-hmm. I land in, uh, I think it's Dallas airport um where's Kent from by the way you remember Kent? he's from Dallas right
1: yeah Houston so. Dallas right yeah. yeah so
0: I was going to New Orleans so we stopped over right and then mm-hmm. we take we had to go from one plane to the air, other airplane and you go on this this one wheeled whatever you call it tram um from one port to the other port inside yeah. the airport right the monorail thing. yeah monorail exactly yeah. so I'm on the monorail and I see this airplane over there and it's 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 burning. Like Uh the whole airplane is Uh like shut up right there. Whoa, what's going on? I take out my iPhone. I'm filming. What the hell's going on over there? There's an airplane burning over there. I'm not feeling very like secure about this airport right now because I'm about to board another plane, right? And as I'm filming, like within I think 30 seconds, maybe a minute or something, the firefighters were there with their big guns and everything. Shoot. The thing was like shut down so fast. I was like, whoa. So I talked to Kent, a mutual friend of ours, and yeah. I was like, "Dude, man, I went to Dallas Airport. And there was some serious shit going on there." And yeah. he goes, "Oh no, no, that's actually a, a training site for the yeah. fire party." So oh, I didn't nice. know that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was like the first time to see it. I was like, that's "Yeah, when well, you're talking about that, it. I was
1: like, that has to be a training." Yeah, plan, it was yeah, a training yeah. site.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so tell me about how you actually become a firefighter.
1: Yeah. Um, so I, man, I lost that childhood dream when I was in high school. Uh-huh. I, I just, yeah. I, we moved uh, moved schools a lot, and uh, we left Youngstown to D.C., and uh, it was just hell, man, you know, just, right. it, was, it was crazy. So I, I didn't, uh, my self-esteem was a little bit low. I, did, I didn't have, uh, I just didn't think I had what it took. Like, I had this image that firefighters were, like, exceptional human beings, and, you know, what I was going through, I didn't think that I was an exce- exceptional human being. I didn't think that I had what it took. Right, and uh, But my mom was dating a firefighter at the time, and he, he was like, hey, man, you know, you should try this out. And uh, he convinced me to do it. You know, I, I went through the process, and I, I still, you know, as I was going through the interviews and the physicals, and I was looking around, I'm like, oh, man, you know, I don't know. Talk but about they,
0: physicals. Were you, were you also very physically fit back then? Did you like working out?
1: Yeah, because uh, yeah, when I was moving to these different schools, it was a lot of fights, man. Right, a lot of fights. So I was, I saved up my money, bought a little weight set, and <laughs> I was just lifting weights. Because when I moved to DC, uh, the lo- a lot of the blacks there didn't like me, yeah. so I was always getting in a lot of fights. They were like always giving me problems, so I had to beef up to defend myself. You know, right?
0: Do you never picked up martial arts back then?
1: Mm, No, I didn't. I was just street fighting, I guess, just fighting a lot with kids, you know, my age, just whatever came to my head. I wasn't. Right. You know, I didn't.
0: So when I was 14 years old, not that I want to try and jump in on your story, but yeah. I got beat up in a street fight, like like the guy like kneed me in the face and like soccer ball kicked my head. And I was oh. just like, holy crap. Right. So I'd never fought anyone else but my brother, but he would never soccer ball and kick me in the head, right? It yeah. would be more like a headlock or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I just got so scared. I, I sprinted away, ran away, and I was 14 years old, and I was mm-hmm. like, I just realized right there and then I got to do karate. So that's yeah. how I started karate. Oh, that's So cool, I got man. straight into karate from that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I am never want to street fight again.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah street fights are dangerous, man. I've fortunately have been all right. Never had an issue, but... Anyway, uh, I did manage to... Getting on to the fire department, I remember when I showed up at the academy, uh, and I was looking around, and uh, these people were just like me, you know. Right. I was like, oh, I can do this. If they can do it, I can do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then uh, I just really busted my ass because I, you know, a lot of these guys were volunteers and other fire departments, and yeah. or transferred from other departments. And yeah. I was like, I'm just gonna. I was like, this is my chance to relive that dream or make that dream that I had when I was a kid come right. true. And I can redeem myself, you know, all the, the time I wasted being a kind of teenage F-up, you know. Right. I was like, I'm going to— You must have been
0: so proud when you graduated.
1: Oh, man. Like, wow, right? So, man, when I made it through, I, I got number two. So uh, I tied for number one, and they were like, we can't have two number ones. This guy had a score of 93.9, I had 93.4. So oh, okay. I, I, oh,
0: man, that's But close. I felt good, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so, I'll, like, all my friends come, my grandfather, grandparents come, and there wasn't a lot of love in my family, you know, my grandparents and stuff, especially, like, my granddad, he's, like, a World War II and a Korean War vet, and he's also a podiatrist. You yeah. Know? Tough guy, gritty. He was always like, he took me fishing and stuff like that, but there was no like back slaps and hugs and mm. high fives and I love you, little man, you know, type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, but anyway, uh, as I get my helmet and my certificate from the fire chief, then, you know, I'm walking down and everyone's clapping and whatnot. The ceremony's over. And as I'm going down the line, first, all my friends are hugging me, giving me high fives, and, I, you know, my dad and my mom, whatever. And my granddad's the last guy. And uh I didn't expect anything from him, right. you know. So I was like, granddad, thanks for coming, man. Oh, it's going to be good. And then uh, he just grabs me, this strong bear hug, because he's this little, short, like, really big guy. Yeah, he just grabs me, and I'm like, <laughs> this is the first time you ever hugged me in my life, you know. Right. And he's like, I love you. I'm oh. proud of you. Oh. I'm like, what oh. the hell, man? you <laughs> saying this now? <laughs> if you'd hold it back, I was like, man, I, my, I, was like, I was like, I'm gonna cry, man. I, was like, I can't, can't cry <laughs> in front of my friends, in front of all these firefighters, oh, man. That's like, so beautiful. Man. He'd never said that before. So yeah. I kind of like started crying. So, But I buried my face in his shoulder and I kind of wiped my tears on his face, you know. I mean, on his shoulders, like a suit jacket or whatever. Yeah, so I didn't want anyone to see me.
0: It's not really tears, you know, if you sweat from your eyeballs. But it, that's it okay. felt good, man. I was
1: like, <laughs> I was like you asshole, man. When I needed <laughs> this when I was a kid. Didn't yeah, this now? I'm 20. Yeah. I was like 19 or 20 then. Uh, did you wait 20 years to do this now? <laughs> it's crazy. But I, our relationship improved after that. I,
0: was, I forgot to ask, but did yeah. you ever rekindle with your real dad then?
1: Yeah. I mean, my dad, man, he yeah. was... My dad was just a womanizer. Uh, he didn't have any good fatherly advice. He wasn't a good role model. Yeah. He was a great storyteller, charming mm-hmm. guy. You know, every he'd walk in a room and be like, "Hey, it's Gennaro." You know, yeah. There, you know, he's like all my cousins loved him. Yeah. You know, they I mean, loved him because he told lots of stories and jokes. He's very charismatic. You know, but he wasn't a good dad. I mean, he, he had. I mean kind of like he, my dad. You know, he's always <laughs> like I'll, I'll be there to pick you up on Saturday and then you know I'd be sitting there and looking out the window and then my mom's like he's not coming. Right. I'm like he's coming. Oh. And I, my mom would be like, he's not coming. Just go go play with your friends. I'm like it's because of you, you know, oh, I'd be blaming yeah. her you know because that's what he would do. He would he would also manipulate yeah. Play the, you know, play me against her. Right. Uh he would he would say things to make me disrupt their household which would cause more tension and, and it would actually I'd get more fucking ass kickings right, because right, right. of the things he'd tell me to do there, you know. Wow. So uh yeah, man there's nothing to rekindle. I mean, but you find just,
0: yourself through the through the fire apartment again, right? You, yeah, you build yeah. this uh, Oh like man, when confidence I started saving again, right? lives yeah. and stuff
1: like that, i was like, Man, I'm not a piece of shit. Yeah. I'm a good person. Absolutely. I was like, look, I just saved I just saved the uh, newborn. The baby just came out of this woman who was dead and I just re- you know, brought it back to life. Wow. You know? Yeah. Um and then there was more incidents like this, you know, saving lives. A lot of I just like, Wow, man. Uh, I just felt my confidence built up. Uh, I decided to go to university. I worked my way through college. I went to University of Maryland, got yeah. a degree. Nice. Uh, and then, then 9-11 happened, you know. And uh, I was, uh, like I said, I was I was very social, very outgoing, whatever. But it just kind of, it made me just... Tighten my circle of friends. Right. Like I didn't want any acquaintances. Like yeah. I was just done with well, you just being around, around people. People but,
0: that are that are just like straight, yeah. you know, and honest and, yeah. and like understand you and stuff yeah. like that. So what happens after that? I mean, we're we're talking you end up going to Iraq and stuff like this.
1: Yeah. It was it was it was something that was bothering me for a while. Um, I was like, on the fire department, you see a lot, especially in D.C., so you're seeing a lot of hardship, you're seeing a lot of despair, no. you're seeing a lot of things people don't see, it's that red pill, blue pill, matrix thing, you know, yeah. you know it, you're, know you you're seeing what really goes on behind the curtain, uh, you know, there's infants on the street corner at but four in the morning, you know, there's there's hair and, and crack and Because gunshots. firefighters
0: don't just fight fires, right? I mean you guys get Yeah, you sent go to medical to,
1: calls and hazardous materials yeah, calls, yeah, yeah. rescues. But it's like you see all this stuff and you're like, Man, I wish I could do something. Right. You know. Wish you could do something about it. And then the same thing about nine eleven. I was like, I'm not really I felt like I'm gonna be stuck on a fire department forever. You know, I wanted to kind of move on kind of done with the fire departments. I was thinking about going into DEA or yeah. another federal agency. Because I was in the process with DEA when I was, until nine eleven happened. I was like, oh, now I can't go to DEA now. I'm stuck here because there's going to be more terrorist attacks. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't want to leave now because if I leave, then it won't get done right. You know, sometimes you feel like if you're not there, it's not going to get done right. Yeah and it's stupid because man the world's gonna keep turning without you true so but you you, you don't think about it you think it's it's only going to get done right when you're there you know so i started working a lot of overtime i didn't have friends out of work anymore i was only socializing with people because they only they can only understand what i'm talking about my jokes or what we're talking you know like i didn't i didn't want to be around people that were complaining about their latte not being, you know,
0: warm enough, warm enough, or, or have enough. enough pumps in it, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know.
1: I didn't want to be around. I don't want to hear <laughs> trivial conversations anymore. I, I didn't mm-hmm. want to be around that stuff. So anyway, I I thought about the military, but I didn't. I didn't really know anything about the military. I didn't know. Like I thought, if I a lot of people going after nine eleven, everyone was going to the military because yeah. they wanted.
0: For Fight, for yeah. them, you know
1: and i considered it but i was like i could do more here on the fire department and then i found out about this company called blackwater and they needed medics okay and blackwater is a security private military security company and uh, they they did uh various missions with assignments with the government you know with doing embassy protection and
0: mm-hmm. uh you There's know. a lot of controversy about black.
1: Yeah, War. yeah.
0: I mean, why is the why do they get such a bad rep?
1: Uh, I, I guess that's that whole mystique about being a mercenary and the type of person that would be a mercenary. And it's it's kind of you're not a mercenary. You're working for the government. You're right. you're you're contracted to do a job for the government. You're right. contracted to do a job that's slotted for like for the I'll give you an example for the, for the embassy protection detail, it's, they didn't have enough diplomatic security agents to fill those slots in Iraq and Afghanistan. So you use contractors and the CIA also usually will have one operator and then a bunch of us. Right. And...
0: But you're not classically military trained, so how does that and work?
1: The, well, I wasn't, but a lot of a lot of the people I worked with were. They were either former special ops or, you know. Different. Why
0: are they? So the question, just opened up for this whole line of thought. So why do former special ops go into? Is it the private sector you would call it? Yeah, it's um, a private sector. Is it for money? Um, do they mm-hmm. pay better or? I would, um, you would think that, like, if you're staying with the military, like, there's a pretty early on retirement package that most of the the officers can get, right?
1: Yeah. So, so the misconception is that the government spends a lot of money on contractors, like, like security contractors, whatever. Right. But so, for instance, me or a guy with my skill set as a, a sh- like a shooter medic, um, I probably cost the government. Maybe three hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah. So, for a regular military guy that is deployed to Iraq or in Afghanistan, yeah. and, and like he just stays in his little base, and maybe does the mail, or yeah. I don't know, changes the tires on vehicles. That that guy with just a basic skill set will cost the military around 2 million dollars a year. What? Yeah. How? That's just cuz cuz of the housing, to feed that person, to insure that person right. all the benefits and whatnot. Wow. But the military is, could use a guy like me, so an equivalent shooter medic in the military. Mm. Imagine how much that's worth. Yeah. If a guy they pay 2 million a year for is just some guy that, Sits in the in the office in the office. Yeah. We call them fobbits, flobbits, <laughs> fobbits. <laughs> Fobbit is like fob is a forward operating base.
0: Okay, so Sorry, the
1: people me. that never go out <laughs> right, on right. missions, we yeah. just call them fobbits. Okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So those guys cost the U.S. two million a year, but like a shooter medic like me, I don't know how much that you know three, four, five. All the training that's involved. And to to kid out a person like that would cost a lot of money.
0: So they send you down to to the embassies. And then, so what is your mission down there?
1: Um, So my first assignment. So let's get back to like how I got there. So so I wanted to get on with Blackwater, but I didn't have any shooting experience. I was like, I didn't have any military experience. I didn't have policing, law enforcement experience, whatever. So... I was like, they're not going to hire me just as a medic. Mm. You know, I, they they have weapons that I've never seen before. Yeah. If I go down to if I if I go down there for their vetting process, and as soon as I they tell me to go qualify at their range, I won't know what the, I won't even know what to what do. button to push. On this right. fucking thing. So, <laughs> I was like, let me transfer over to the police department, get some skills there. Okay. And that's what I did. I transferred to the police department, and I was fucking had a blast. Wow. <laughs> and the car chases, foot chases, man, full on fights It was amazing. I, I have yet to see a movie <laughs> that was more exciting than just a normal day on the street in D.C. That It was bananas. So I used that experience to get me on the Blackwater. I flew down to North Carolina where the training facility is. And uh, they, they uh, like I said, they really needed medics. Yeah. So I capitalized on that. I kind of snuck in through the back door <laughs> as a as a cuz I had all the medic experience type of yeah. thing. Cuz they they wouldn't have hired me otherwise.
0: Yeah. And they paid good.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, I mean, it, I I wasn't really concerned about the money. I mean, like my first assignment in Baghdad, I was making $650 a day. Oh. As as long as I was in country, you know? Yeah. And how that, long are and you then, on a mission? Only,
0: but four months, I think it is. Yeah, right? four months. Then you have to go back like legally or something? Is that that, that yeah? You sign months. a
1: contract. So you oh, yeah. do six month contract or a year contract.
0: And like so, how oh this is gonna sound crazy. Yeah. So how, how afraid are you of getting killed on a job during that time? Like, uh, how dangerous is it? Because I have absolutely no idea.
1: Um it was easy for me because on the fire department, every 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 call that I went on, I thought, this could be my last. Yeah. Um, I mean, I accepted that when I took the job, I, and that's why I was a little insensitive to that guy. I was like, yeah, you yeah. should quit." You yeah. know, if you didn't know that you could die or you were going to be exposed to this stuff, you shouldn't be here. So, uh, I didn't care. Right. You know, I didn't care. death didn't bother me. I didn't. I didn't, It never entered my mind. I was like. I'm going to give 100%. I'm not going to make it easy for anybody to kill me. And that's...
0: Dude, it, when you say that, that's like, oh okay, it's just...
1: No, I'm serious, man. Yeah. It's like uh, every... So every mission I went out on Blackwater, I... How many missions did you do? I have do no think, idea, but... Do you think... How
0: years or... or?
1: I, I've worked for them like six years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Before I would go out on the mission, uh, I'd have this death letter, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'd... I'd pasted on my door as I went out and a lot of guys did that and they actually encouraged us to do that okay you know to write like you know cause some dudes would have mistresses and you know so if they pass <laughs> away they you know like hey destroy my laptop you know <laughs> <laughs> I don't want my wife to see the naked photos of, oh, okay <laughs> you know the hookers in Bali or that you know, okay. I spent the last vacation when I was supposed to s- I'll be on mission you know yeah. <laughs> or you know so every day, every, a lot of the guys, including myself, put these notes on the back of the door. And uh, so you knew, you know, yeah. it's like, I know that I'm going to die, but I'm not going to make it easy. You know, yeah. you know, you just Six years. It. Wow. Yeah. But it's, I had a blast, man. I was yeah. bred for that stuff, man. Uh, like chaos. And it was just like the police department, the fire department and Blackwater, man it just that was my bread and butter man i i, I was so comfortable and yeah it was
0: so this is uh, what my this is what blows my mind right you're you're living in on the in the countryside with your three beautiful children yeah. and your wife now, and yeah. it's just like you know if you guys have a chance to raven sixteen medic yeah raven sixteen medic Raven sixteen medic is an Instagram <laughs> account, dumbfounded me you would definitely post that up there yeah. uh but it's all family. Yeah. It's you on the one wheeler. You inspired me to get a one wheeler. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's thank you for that. They oh, okay, were pretty sick actually. Yeah. It was fun. <laughs> But it's just yeah. all family, yeah, you yeah. and your kids. I've had the pleasure of, uh, uh, you know, having a great relationship with your whole family. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and your kids are great, you know. Yeah. And you're always so, like, really involved with your, with your especially your sons, right? Yeah. You know, because they do jujitsu, and you're yeah. into jujitsu, and stuff like baseball, and all that stuff, right? Now that yeah. we're talking about Instagram, yeah. I'm going to take a little deep dive into it. Because <laughs> I've actually pulled out some photos from it, so I thought I'd share with you. Yeah. So the first one, obviously, this is a jujitsu you are teaching here, I think.
1: Um on that one? No, I'm not teaching. I'm just rolling around with just another dude. Rolling
0: yeah. around with another dude. Yeah. Okay, there's some really cool photos. Yeah. Tell me about how you got involved with jujitsu. Uh
1: jujitsu, I started well, when I was on the police department, it was I mean, I'm fight I'd show up the roll call sometimes by myself. I'd be in roll call by myself. And I'd have to cover this whole fucking district by myself. Yeah. So I'm on the street, I'm outgunned, outmanned, and DC is a violent city. I don't, it's not anymore, but it was crazy. All right. Yeah. And so I'm pulling over guys and them after the foot chase or the car chase, and it's on, man. They don't want to go to jail. Yeah. They don't want to be restrained. So it's on, you know. So I remember I was in I pulled this guy over. Uh, the funny way it started is like I was driving up the street, and I saw a fellow officer pull over these ladies, and uh, it was a drunk stop. Yeah. They are hot. So I I was like, I want to check these girls (laughs) out, man. Uh, Because I was like, hey, man, you need some help? (laughs) And then uh, as I was just kind of standing in the background, making sure he was safe, you know, (laughs) I see this car pull by, and this guy mean mugs me, man. Uh, Man, I don't play that shit
0: no but do you reckon like because you've spent so much time sort of cutting in here yeah. spending so much time on the streets that you can like um, you can suss uh, like yeah, a, yeah. A, when there's something off you know what I mean yeah yeah like, yeah, there, yeah like a heightened sense for something like that
1: yeah so I saw him looking at me. he's mean mugging me I was like uh, I'm gonna pull this guy over I, I uh, jumped in the car followed him and then he started driving a little erratic and then he pulled up on the curb and Pretended he was going to go into the Uh 7-Eleven. So I rolled up on him really fast. And as soon as I got to the car, I was like, I could smell marijuana. Oh, yeah. And not like smoked marijuana, like raw, fresh stuff. Okay. It was like really potent. I was like, this guy's transporting Um, weed, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I tell him to get out the car. And, you know, he uh, he puts his, like, he does this. And I was like, I felt it. I was like, it's on, oh, so yeah. he, he did a jerk, and then he's looking for routes. He's like, he looked left, he looked right, he's like, all right, where can I run? I was like, don't do it, man, don't do <laughs> it. And so he started to move, and I took the door, and I jammed him in the door to try to slow him down, and then it was like trying to like, catch a greased pig, man. <laughs> and then it was just stupid, man. It was just, we're just fighting in the middle of the street, pop it seemed like forever. Uh, and I was like this is not efficient at right. all you know because i'm i don't i'm i wasn't trained in, in yeah, stand yeah, yeah, up yeah, or yeah, ground yeah, fighting yeah. i'm just doing whatever stuff i did in high school right. like in the backyard or school ground playground or whatever and I, I was getting exhausted mm. you know and then all the crowds started coming they're like hey stop be, you're fighting that's my cousin you know right. you're not cousins no, you know just, but they're old so <laughs> it took forever to get this guy down and, you know, I'm just using whatever I knew because the stuff I got trained in the police academy was BS, you know, right. it's all like a keto wrist lock crap. Oh my God. doesn't yeah. work in real no. life, you know? So I get this guy on the ground, I'm just kneeing him. I'm just trying to just stay down, man, you know? And then he goes for his, 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 uh, into his his, uh, his waist. And I'm like, don't Uh-oh. do it, man! Don't do it. And I, I went for my gun. I was gonna put a bullet in his head. You know? Right. But then he was, he he threw like a big bag of weed, and underneath the car, oh, okay. and then uh, so he was carrying it. Then he bit me. I still have a scar right here. <laughs> but he bit my hand, and I was like, it just, it just took way too much energy to yeah. restrain. I was like, I gotta, I gotta learn something else, man. And then. I think that's the time when UFC was out. First mm. UFC or, you know, Gracie was killing, kicking it, up, killing it. You yeah. know, a little guy beating all these big yeah. guys. I was like, I need something more efficient. So I started doing that. And then now, everyone I wrap up, it's like, takes like five seconds. Yeah. And he'd his face doesn't look a like hamburger meat, and I'm I look pretty. He looks pretty, and then I take him in. We're all looking happy, you know. And then he's not hurt. I'm not hurt. And This is win win for everyone. Oh, know? absolutely. You know, I'm this not. In front of, I'm not in front training. of the uh, internal affairs. And, you know, no complaints, <laughs> man. Everything's cool. So uh, that's how I got into jujitsu and stay, stuck with it, man. Cool. So yeah. talking
0: about your family, all right. Yeah. So where is this, and what's going on in this photo? It we is e- are, extremely
1: beautiful. Yeah, I love that. We're in, uh, I think, Arizona. It's these these little, uh, I don't know, it's some kind of rock formations we were walking through.
0: Looks like, like a sand cave kind of, I don't know, it just looks like you, yeah. you could like see the layers of the earth inside. Yeah, of it. it's beautiful,
1: So beautiful. beautiful. Man. So beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, all these the different hues of red and orange and everything. Yeah, yeah it was like, so when you roll up on that area... You can't see it from. You have to go. It's underground. Yeah, yeah. So, so you got
0: to crawl into that. You got
1: to take these little, really steep stairs to go down, and then it's just kind of like a, a tunnel you weave through. Right. Yeah.
0: Have you seen the movie One Hundred and Twenty Seven uh, One Hundred and Twenty Seven Hours, where the guy chews his arm off, <laughs> saws his arm Isn't off? Isn't that whatever. one of those caves that you yeah. guys are into? Uh, kind m- of. Maybe. Maybe. Okay, so this one is hilarious. Like, I mean. Talk about being medic and all that stuff. It's like, what did you do to your arm here?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still there. All right, so there's this old lady that lives next to us, and uh, she asked me to, she's like, can you help cut this grass over here? And then, You know, the yeah. there's like grass growing out of the wall and mm-hmm. near her grave. So that, a lot of times I'll, Cut the path that goes to her grave, so she can go pay her respects, whatever. Yeah. And uh, she'll so give me like a six pack of beer from time to time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so friendly neighborhood. This time she's so there's there's a rock wall where her farm is or like her garden is. I was already trimming the the area. Yeah. You know, grooming it, where, so she get to her grave, whatever. And she's like, "Can you do this area too?" So I was like, "Fine." And so I'm like. Carving it with this weed cutter thing, and I'm not watching where I'm walking, and there's these yuzu trees, and these yuzu trees, you have to Google it, they have these gnarly thorns, I mean.
0: Yuzu is like a, it's like a, not it's like a lemon or lime, it's a little bit like, a little bit more
1: sp- specific. It's like, like a peppery, Yeah, amalfi lemon.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. It's
1: like, if you can imagine what a amalfi lemon tastes like, yeah. and, but it's peppery. Yeah. It's so good. But, and it got
0: gnarly like like what do you call that toy, like the yeah. thorns
1: yeah so so I, I I thought I stepped on a rock but it was air and then I I fell back in slow motion and then this these thorns like fish hook my uh, oh my god my elbow and just carve this open up my arm
0: so you see the irony here right And then my I my mean, blood's
1: just going everywhere and the lady's like freaking out oh
0: real life superhero right and then
1: the thing that gets you is yeah. that is is a thorn in the user oh, right? man, I've been, <laughs> I've been through a lot and this is like the worst scar i have you know right. i've got a couple stab wounds but this oh my god this was the gnarliest one right here that's just nuts yeah.
0: Anyway, so you're healed up now. You're yeah. all good. That's just crazy. You know, I saw once, uh, like it reminded me of that when I saw the photo of it. Yeah. Uh, so in karate, they have these um, they have these big water um, uh, crates of clay that yeah. like they used to use back in the old days. They used yeah, to yeah, put yeah. like kimchi and like make stuff yeah. and stuff in them, right? Yeah, So as a demonstration, right? Because karate people were sometimes a little bit nuts, right? We'd kick baseball bats or break yeah. it, ices blocks, blocks of ice and stuff like yeah. that. So this one guy's like, there's no one else doing it out there. So I'm going to break this clay you know jar right you know, and he goes in to it. do it with his elbow and he shush, smacks it right you just you uh, know when clay breaks it's it like gets raises, very it's like you know yeah. so his whole forearm just like boom, split open like that even no worse doubt. than yours and i just saw that yeah. muscle stick there out of his arm and i was like oh my god yeah it's a bit too much but yeah but he's fine now yeah, that's good anyway so i want to kind of get into this because this is from your police days right yeah what is that and what is actually going on here
1: all right so this is a crazy story uh so you know the guy i just talked about that I fought and he bit me and yeah. so for shits and giggles, I was like, I'm gonna write a search warrant for his house. Yeah. So I was still kind of a rookie. Um, I asked my partner and he was like, yeah, man, let's do it. And so he's like, I'll I'll, I'll do, I'll, I'll contact narcotics and we'll get him to sit on the house yeah. and stuff like that. So, uh, the narc sat on his house and uh they're like, Hey man, this is this is a good house. A As in traffic. a bad house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The press is good. Yeah. So it's a good house. So we uh did a raid on the house and uh there's uh like barrels of uh like that that cardboard <laughs> barrel there was full of yeah. marijuana. Holy crap. So there are a bunch of those cardboard barrels and there's crack like a like a container bigger than this of crack cocaine I found under his bed, and then there's powdered cocaine, lots of cash, rifles, pistols, stuff got like a that.
0: Warlord going on in there. Yeah,
1: but it, the the messed up thing is because I'm a rookie. Yeah. They they kind of blew it off. Oh. As a oh man, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Blah blah. Oh my god. And when we raided the house, like there's no furniture in the living room. Right. But there's rows of duffel bags. There's there's probably like forty or fifty duffel bags, and they're unzipped, nothing in them, hmm. but Christmas trees. Christmas trees. You know those air freshener Christmas yeah, trees. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So there's stuffed, and you could as soon as you walked in, all you smelled was like strawberry Christmas tree air yeah. freshener.
0: You're right.
1: So when I saw that, I was really pissed off because like you move too fucking slow, yeah. and you probably you missed the. Drug bust of the century, you know. Yeah. Like if you listened and moved when I told you to move, instead of being like, ah, that's some fucking rookie. You know, right. I, yeah. it's interesting. Who cares what he says? You know.
0: So what they do in the movies really does happen in real life too.
1: Yeah. And then there was a guy in the basement when we raided it, and the dumbass sergeant he lets him go, and then the guy that he actually had other properties like a barber shop, a car wash. Yeah. And I was like. Let's hit those, too. But I'm a fucking rookie. Don't listen to the rookie. And so that guy goes, and he warns the barbershop. He warns the uh, car wash place. And then they get rid of all the other stuff. Oh,
0: so So, you could have had a massive bust there. Man, yeah. Damn. So he got away.
1: Yeah. Huh.
0: Okay, last one from your uh, social media. I mean, what is that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, like, what
0: are, is that? Mushrooms, man. Can you eat them? I don't know. They just look like like a giant like monster's toes or something.
1: Yeah, those are mushrooms that uh, look like, they're called death fingers or something. I don't know. They look like zombie fingers. Far out, right? man. It looks yeah.
0: like something like, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm always
1: finding all kinds of weird stuff.
0: It just looks nuts. Like yeah. I've never seen a mushroom look like that ever. Yeah. Okay, so talk about guns and talk about um, drugs, right? Two things, uh, t- two questions for you I wanna know. Yeah. The first one is, Guns in America.
1: Yeah.
0: So I grew up in Denmark, mm-hmm. uh, born in uh, Born in Greece, but grew up in Denmark. Um, yeah. In Denmark, guns are very illegal. Like oh, wow. in all of Europe, guns are illegal.
1: Strange.
0: Uh, you go to Australia. Exactly. Funny yeah. that you would say strange because yeah. as a Danish guy, I would say that it's strange that you think it's okay to have guns. <laughs> and so what are the, the pros and cons to having guns?
1: All right. So if you talk to me, a gun yeah. is like a tool. It's like a hammer, a screwdriver. You know, yeah. I've always used it as a tool. And I've never used it and uh, like a peacocking wave you know right. brandishing it or threatening it threatening someone with it I just see it as a tool as something to defend myself or to perform my job right properly yeah um, and I'm not a blue pill guy you know I'm not a person who who's who lives in a bubble yeah. you know of, of people that, that aren't exposed to violence, you know, as a firefighter, as a yeah. police officer. No, but you've you really know, like seen, seen it all. I've seen yeah. what can happen. I've seen people's homes get raided uh, like, and, and them not being able to defend themselves. I've seen, I've, you know, kicked open the door and found a woman hog tied. And, you know, when you talk to these people, they wish they had a weapon to defend themselves. Right. You know, in D.C., it's illegal to have a handgun. Okay. You know, but this lady had been uh, raped and sodomized for a week in her own home, all tied up. Well, Not, so
0: they just what? They just busted into her house and yeah, they just just, did that. It oh was a home God.
1: invasion. They raided it, and she, they, she, they. But how did you guys find out about that? Uh, it was a check on a welfare call. You know, and then you know, I come in there. That's like and I remember, horrendous. I remember walking up on her, and then she's looking at me. I was like, I gotta untie her, and I keep a knife in my pocket, so I pull out my knife and I go over to cut the ropes, and then she just freaks out. Yeah, she just kind of, she's all tied up. She just wiggles back, wiggles with waves from. Me. She's screaming, and I'm like, sit still. I'm gonna get help you, help you. You yeah. know, but I was like. She's still in that zone, man. She sees me. All she sees is some guy with a knife, and yeah. it's my turn now. Yeah. You know, I'm going to do whatever those guys did. Oh, my God. So, I put my knife away. I was like, you know, I'm here to help, blah, blah, blah. I was, I was like, if you don't want me to cut it, I'll untie it, but, you know. So, as far as, like, guns, I I've seen too many reasons not... To have a gun in your house to to be a like anti-gun right? because you know? it's it it evens odds I just
0: like my mind is running out of uh, like a thousand miles an hour right now I was yeah. thinking okay so let's just say pre- let's pretend that she had a gun in her house right yeah. but any any like using common sense it's not like you just have your gun sitting on your on your dining table no it's right?
1: usually locked away right? or whatever so, like
0: that but if it's locked away and they just bust it in and open the door and like holding her hostage in the same time. How would she ever get to that gun if it's locked away somewhere?
1: Well, I mean, it, it's not... Unless, their door, unless her door was wide open. I mean, it takes a few kicks to get open. Especially if there's a professional, I'm sure they can get in faster, but... Did you guys if you, if find you, those guys? Uh, no. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. I think if you... if you the, the thing about weapons, it should be like Japan. You have, you know... You have to go to a range, qualify with it, yeah. be familiar with the the weapons, uh, malfunction drills. You should you should uh, be evaluated, you know, so you're a sane person and all that. So, yeah. I, I, like, I'm not pro gun to the point where everyone should have it. I yeah. think you should be responsible gun a gun owner. You right. should know how it works. You should go to a range and qualify with it. So Mm. when you are forced to use it, you put the bullets on target instead of randomly, you know, misses and then it hits a kid eating breakfast or an old lady, you know, walking her dog or whatnot.
0: We have a friend that, uh, we had a very interesting conversation. We got... uh, some friends that are hunters here in Japan, they uh, they hunt wild yeah, boar and deer and stuff license. like that. Yeah. And then, uh, so we had some yeah. like interesting gun conversations about that and how they're really responsible about it. And there's so many rules and regulations. Yeah, you have to right. register each bullet. And yeah. if you shot a bullet, you have to like carry the shell back home and stuff. And it's yeah. like really interesting laws there. But um, uh, the other conversation that we had about guns was um, because there are so many um, Americans that have guns, yeah. And are, there are so many registered hunters in America. Uh-huh. For example, a normal state like, I don't know, Washington probably have like 900,000 people that are hunters, like registered hunters. Yeah. So his point of view was, well, you know, it's the army behind the army. And that's why America will never
1: be invaded. Yeah, there's was a general. Like, that says, oh, a, well, there you a, go. <laughs> a blade of grass. Every yeah. It's like every blade of grass or something. was well, that That's movie something.
0: Red Dawn, right? Where yeah. the Russians come in and try to invade yeah. in America, right? And then they go yeah. out into the woods and they, they all have their guns and they're like yeah. guerrilla tactics. But this is actually true and it's something yeah. that I'd never really thought about. It's true when you think about it because yeah. if, if there's like the army, the military, yeah. and then there's the whole population that could fight for America. Yeah, I was like, yeah, probably would not want to go there and try and, and pick a fight. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and that's what that sh- shocks me. There's no gun culture here, and there's a lot of, like airsoft and fantasy stuff. But if America something happens over there and they have to pack up and leave, like they pulled out of Afghanistan, you no, know, just all of a sudden those bases are empty, mm. and you got no way to defend yourself. No, oh, yeah there's no gun culture here there's no who's coming china korea who yeah. i have no idea but i'm 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 telling you there's if there's no way to, to defend yourself the typical male here well the stereotypical mayor hill from what i've seen is just into fashion and video games and yeah you know there's no you know guns are only bad when you you're not trained and you know true, they, and bad guys have them, but you should have be able to defend yourself. You know? Interesting, yeah.
0: Marijuana, so it's pretty much legalized in America. Yeah, why is the rest of the world not following that? My view on marijuana, by the way, yeah, is that if you break it down to two things, <laughs> you see guys that are you know high on cocaine. And like, like, like really drunk, and they're like, yeah. fucking, yeah, party on, right? Yeah. And all that alcohol gets them all aggressive, you know, and they get yeah. into fights and all that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure about the cocaine, I'm just talking about alcohol because it's yeah. like a, it's like an aggressor. No, right? it, it turns it on, right? Guys yeah. Stuff like uh, that. yeah, but any, I've never heard of any two, you know, dudes like smoking weed and just going, oh man, yeah. they get chill, right?
1: Yeah, they get chill. Not mean, like, they're not going to start fighting, right? No, they're, just, <laughs> they're probably. Talk too much. Maybe. Exactly, right? He's like,
0: dude, should we fight? Yeah, let's yeah. talk about it, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm actually, I'm, I'm pro. I mean, I was like, yeah, yeah, why no, not? Sure. I mean, I'm, Canada can do it, you know. In Denmark, mm-hmm. it's not really illegal, but it kind of illegal. But yeah. you can go buy it, and, and people use it for recreational smoking all the time, right? Yeah. I don't, see, uh, I don't see why the rest of the world is not just like, you know, tagging along on that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, Japan's 50 to 100 years behind. <laughs> everyone else in certain things. Huh. So, uh, I mean, I don't do drugs. Uh, I don't, I mean, a lot of people get benefits from marijuana. I have nothing against marijuana and people who do marijuana. I think it helps, uh, especially cancer and people that have uh, pain issues. And Mm. and I think it's a lot healthier, healthier and more responsible than the opiates. Mm, You know, people are like going bananas over that stuff. And, you know, yeah, started using it over here. Yeah, I was so, just I was talking because yeah. you're
0: you're one of the people who was, you know, fighting on what would you call that, the war on drugs basically. You're out yeah. there actually catching, you know, drug dealers and and, and you know they're selling marijuana, this yeah. crack and cocaine but let's and they get all it these straight.
1: things. I I wasn't one of those officers that would arrest someone for private personal use. So if I if I came up on someone and it, and and I searched them and it was just a couple joints or a bag of weed, I'd let them go.
0: Yeah,
1: there yeah, and I sometimes I let them go and they keep their weed. I'm like, I didn't care, <laughs> you know. They're not drug dealers; they're just right. people who want to get high from time to time. Right. I remember, uh, I remember I read that on
0: one of your posts once. I was oh, like, yeah. you let more people go than you are actually arrested for it. Yeah, it like, it's silly.
1: Yeah, like, I'm going to put this guy on the or girl in the criminal justice system and ruin their lives oh. for some a little. But I had officers like that that for them, and I think here, like, yeah, here. That's like the big bus. You find someone with a little weed. Man, it's pathetic. Yeah. I would never do something like that. That's horrible. You, I mean, you're destroying people's lives. It doesn't make sense. I remember walking there were these two two girls walking and they're kind of passing the joint and I was walking behind them. And uh Where is this? This is in DC. Oh, okay. And I'm I mean full uniform, please. Right, uh, Okay. So, so I'm I'm walking behind them, I'm like, I can't believe these girls are just smoking so casually in public. And, but it was like, an, there was a playground over there, so I was like, I'm gonna make a point just yeah. to mess with them. So, I came in the middle of them, As one girl's here, and I walked in the middle, and I put my arm around <laughs> like this. I'm like, hey, ladies, what's up? And then, uh, they were, they didn't see my uniform, so they're like, hey, what's going on? And they passed it to me. Oh, And then I'm like, then I guess they saw the shine of my badge at oh, that yeah. moment, and then the other girl slaps it out of her hand, and she steps on it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, you didn't have to do that. I just want to tell you, you see those kids over there? Yeah. They're, you're the role models, all right? Let's not do that over it go, go do it over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it in private or something, you know? Right. right. They're not <laughs> ready for that, you know?
0: <laughs> Hilarious story. <laughs> Love it. Love it, man. Yeah. All right, we're going to do a flash mob quiz here. Oh, so, right, it's yeah. super quick. Okay. It's like 10 questions, yeah, yeah. and it's like you get like two seconds to respond. Mm. All right. So just to see what kind of where your head's at when when you get like flash questions, right? All right. First one, American whiskey or Scottish? Scottish. Okay. Yeah. Obama or Bush?
1: Bush. (laughs) I'll tell you why after that. (laughs) Yes, please. When it's done. Iron Maiden or Metallica? Man, it's tough. Metallica. (laughs) Chocolate
0: chip or caramel swirl? Chocolate chip. Uh, Cardio or weights? Weights. (laughs) Okay, this one is a little bit uh, tricky one. Doggy style or missionary?
1: Doggy. (laughs) That's when the animal comes out,
0: man. Gunfight or knife fight? Gunfight. Italian pizza or American?
1: Italian, man. Come on. Steroids or natural? Natural. Pie or cake? Pie. Pie.
0: (laughs) Last one, okay? This is kind of a silly one, though. Cocaine or marijuana? Uh... Mm. Too long. Yeah,
1: Actually, <laughs> cocaine. Cocaine, <laughs> man.
0: Energy. I like energy. All right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So why? Oh, so why Bush?
1: All right. So this is the thing that's kind of crazy. Everyone would portray Bush, especially in the media. They'd always take the piss out of him. Yeah, he was doing you know they'd always take these gaffes that he would do, and post it. You know something silly he would do, make him look like an idiot. Yeah, you know. But. And I've, I've protected him on multiple occasions. I have conversations with this guy. I remember the first time I met him. So you oh, oh. bodyguarded him? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the first time I met him, I was on Medic 1. Medic 1 is the medic unit that's assigned to the White House. Mm. So if he travels in a motorcade anywhere in D.C. or the suburban area, we're in that motorcade. So I roll up on on that assigned day. I don't know where he was going to go that day, but I'm just, you know, I, I'm sitting out, I have like a little brief with the Secret Service agent, and you know, I'm just kind of talking to him. And I see somebody in the distance, in the corner of my eye, doing like suicides. You know, yeah. suicides. Yeah, are, yeah, sprints, like yeah. short sprints, right? Back yeah, and yeah, forth, back yeah, and forth. Yeah, back and forth. So yeah. it's like, who oh, the hell's doing suicides and this this early in the morning? And he was like, oh, that's that's President Bush. I'm like, what? <laughs> this dude's doing suicide. He's going pow, 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 And that's just his warm-up. Huh. Because we were going to PT at this uh we we're gonna do a mountain bike ride. Right. So we get to the mountain bike ride, and he's just smoking on that thing. <laughs> this dude was so fit, man. When he when he when you went on runs with him, bike rides or any kind of sporting thing, he was the king man wow I would never have guessed that but Obama and Clinton and I mean they, 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 they he Bush would kick all their asses at one in wow. one go yeah cool. uh, he, he was a cool <laughs> dude uh, just conversations with him like I've, I've, sp- I've spoken to Obama I've spoken I haven't spoken to Bill Clinton but I've spoken to Bush and he's the type of guy you invite to a barbecue wow. he's the type of guy you crack a beer with because he's genuinely... He'll remember your name. He remembered my fucking name. Yeah. You know, Obama never remembered my name. Uh-huh. You know, this guy remembered my name. Uh, if he saw me reading the book, he'd be like, hey, what are you reading? And I'm like, oh, check it out. You know, I was reading the book of Five Rings. He's like, oh, man, I. Oh, it looks very interesting. Yeah, you know? And like he was... He would talk about... When you'd have a conversation with Bush, it's like whatever... Is in the immediate vicinity. Right. Whereas if you're talking to Obama, it's like, hey, how's the weather? You know, or, you know, <laughs> stupid shit like that. Man. Yeah. I, it's, it's like a fake kind of conversation. You know, I, with Bush, is more intimate. He's yeah. more, if we were talking, you uh, know, if someone tapped him on the shoulder, hey, you know, we need to go, hey, hold on, I'm talking to Carlo. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. He's like putting this guy on hold for me. Very cool. Very cool. Where if it was Obama, I'd be like, yeah, ah, nice talking to you, gone, you know.
0: So he's just so, like, he makes you feel like, uh, he makes everyone feel like they're Yeah, they're, and his whole family like, needed, were like that right? too. Yeah. They're
1: very polite, like his daughters. Uh, I remember sitting in front of, I pissed off my sergeant one day. So he's like, getting in too many fucking car chases. Go park your car in front of White House. <laughs> Don't move. Stay there. <laughs> and so sometimes on the way there, I would mess with him. And like I was like, all right, how can I get this <laughs> asshole back for making me post up and stay there all day. I would get a drunk stop on the way. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, I saw <laughs> this car swerving. I had to pull him over. But anyway, this time, sitting in front of the White House, this car pulls up. I'm pissed off because I'm stuck at the White, in front of the White, it's the Lafayette, I don't know, This park in front of the White House. Yeah. I'm pissed off from there and I look over and someone's waving at me. Hello, 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 hello. I'm like, some drunk. I look over and it's his daughter. <laughs> This is Bush's daughter, but it didn't sink in. I was like, because I'm angry because I'm there, man. I was like, I'm going to lock this person up. And I realized it was her, and she's just waving all polite, and it's like, hey, you're okay? You need anything? Wow. She's being really nice. And like every all family is like really genuinely nice, you know? That's really cool. And uh, they'd give you the time of day, so it was cool. Uh I really liked them. Interesting. Yeah.
0: All right, so um, we're almost coming to a wrap for today's yeah. talk, but um, right. I'd like you to talk about your project that you're doing with your wife down in coaching right now.
1: Yeah, so we're building a CrossFit gym. It's called uh, A Toyo Strength. Nice. And it's gonna be like a fitness retreat, and she's spearheading it. Uh, <laughs> we got a big shipment from Rogue uh, a couple days ago, mm. and uh, loading, I'm still sore. Picking those jerk boxes and oh, yeah. you know, unloading the boxes, but uh, so we're building this gym right next to the river, overlooking some rice paddies. The river there is like emerald green. Fantastic mountains. location.
0: I've seen pictures. Yeah, of that. Yeah, mountains
1: and everything, and but we're also building like a little tiny house there, like an accommodation mm-hmm. on 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 the the place. So it's gonna be. 250 or a little more than 250 square feet plus the tiny house and then it, like an event space yeah, like, uh, where you can do whatever and then we're going to have like uh, a little area like a track kind of do sprints and right. uh, sled whatever.
0: Yeah. Cool stuff like a big playground and, basically. Yeah for like fitness, a right? big
1: jungle gym yeah. for adults And uh, and like I said you get hot just run down, jump in the river. So cool. I'm
0: so jealous, man. Yeah,
1: and there's big <laughs> ass stones there, so we could do strong man stuff. Oh, just cool, pick up some cool! Stones cool. and run around. Yeah. yeah so I'm looking forward. When do you forward. think
0: that's going to be open? Uh, when I don't your, know, man. You have the, a date for it? No? Uh,
1: spring gee, Next next It's not this year. Yeah, not this year. Okay. Yeah. yeah, definitely spring. Hopefully by spring. Depends yeah. on the construction, right? Right. You know, the government grants and uh, it's just a lot of paperwork right now yeah. yeah dealing with vendors and trying to do it right yeah you know, so she's doing a hell of a job she's doing more work than i she's doing all the heavy lifting man i'm just <laughs> sitting back looking pretty man she's just <laughs> doing everything so she's you can talk to her she, she gets absolutely all the credit man uh, uh it's it's pretty stressful
0: yeah, yeah I, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Well, I've opened my own gym, so I understand that. Yeah, um, man. I'm the Tokyo show. Proud of you, man. Thank you. The Tokyo Show will definitely be coming down and visiting once you guys are open. Yeah. Um, I'm you're actually an ambassador for Coach Kent, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, they're so, looking
1: forward to you coming down. We yeah, it'll awesome. yeah. yeah, it'll be awesome. Yeah, it would be
0: really cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so through your whole life, uh, I believe that people like us, we're going to live till we're 100. So you're halfway there. Yeah. At the halfway point, right? What would be the best advice that you could give anyone out there, a youngster, like a young like university student
1: or something? Uh, consistency. Consistency. I've been. I'd say fortunately, I've been. uh, I had jobs where I'm on the tip of the spear, so I've always been mentally and physically ready for the worst. And I know that, like, my body is a tool, so I need to keep it, you know, sharp and, uh, like my mind and body sharp and my skills sharp. So I'm always, you know, in the gym or learning some different skill or at the range or whatever. But the reason, I mean, I feel like that contributed to my longevity. You know, I'm 51, but I feel great. I feel like I could still hang with the young guys. I feel like I could, you know, the fire department is hiring, the old fire department is hiring right now. I was like, I feel like I can, I can go back and You know, do another 10, 20 years, man. That's the way I feel. Yeah. But it's consistency. It's like doing a little bit, like, don't go to the gym and bring the thunder one day a week, man. You know? (laughs) And (laughs) then you're done, man. I mean, I don't take days off. Yeah. I don't take it. I just do a light day. Yeah. I work out seven days a week. Or I try. If something comes up, or if I'm traveling, that's my day off. Or The kids have a game, or if we we have something going on, if we're in the mountains somewhere, something special. That's my day off. I don't take any days off. You know, I'll I'll bring the thunder a couple times a week, but the rest of the time I'm just doing a little bit. You know, yeah. and it, But my body keeps moving, and you know, it's just the turtle. You mm-hmm. know, the turtle, the rabbit and turtle thing. Just, yeah, man. Just do a little bit, a little bit, a s- little, little
0: bit. You'll get there constantly. Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah sticking out of day yeah. This is what I call sustainable fitness, by the way. There you go. I mean, if you try to bring the thunder every day, it's like, you're going to burn, gonna burn Trust out. Trust me. Man. I yeah. did that when I was younger. Yeah. 17 broken bones and seven operations later, I'm all about sustainable fitness right now.
1: Yeah. That's kind of yeah. cool. Fortunately, I've never been hurt. I've, I have I, feel like when it rains, uh, my back hurts a little bit. I think that's from like body armor and this is crazy. Airbags like The worst injury I like
0: ever had was that thorn from the old lady's yeah, bush.
1: Yeah, man. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to die slipping on a banana or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've been Dude, through all that stuff. I want to <laughs> say
0: thank you very much for coming yeah. on the show, man. Yeah. What you've shared with us today is freaking incredible. Um, yeah. I'm really proud to call you your friend, man. Yeah,
1: man. Same really here. happy to have you here. Yeah.
0: If you have anything, last message for the Tomonachis out there, go ahead and shout it out, man.
1: Uh... Other than, you know, when our gym opens, come down. Come down check it out. Get in the fresh air. It's COVID free. There's no one. <laughs> 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 I tell you, man, being in nature, it empowers you, man. So, yeah. you know, you, you look up in the sky, sky it's star encrusted. You know, it's uh, very relaxing and it makes you feel humble. You know, that's all I could say. Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
0: Toonachi's... Thank you guys for joining Tokyo Talks today. This was Carlo. We've had a fantastic talk today. I'm like blown away to be honest. Um, if you guys want to support the channel even more, we also have a patreon.com slash the Tokyo show. Uh, sponsored site that you guys can come in and watch. Exclusive stuff. Carlo's uh, Patreon exclusive material was absolutely mind-blowing too. <laughs> I highly recommend watching it. Sign up for Tomodachi's. This is it. Thank you guys for watching today.
1: Grab the chair throw it at the first guy, boom, it breaks. I look down at the pieces, he looks at me, I look at the pieces, I grab some pieces,